What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The following podcast contains explicit language. With Peter and Eric, it's like, well, which one do you want? Do you want the guy who is saying I love you, but I myself personally don't feel like he's ready for marriage? Or do I go with the guy who I feel like is ready for marriage, he's just not willing to propose at this time? The only thing I can do at this point is to follow my heart and my gut, and hopefully that leads me in the right direction. Peter. Hey y'all, I'm Verlyn Williams, producer at Slate. And I'm Robin Boylorn, professor and crunk feminist. And this is Represent Rose, a series recapping The Bachelorette, hosted by us, two black women who watched The Bachelorette for the first time. Welcome to our epilogue episode of sorts. <laughs> um, we got this episode because I got an email saying that Eric Bigger is going to be on t- in town. And I was like, well, we should go talk to the person we've been rooting for since day one. Hey, hey, Eric. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies. And yes. as a special bonus, like literally I was in the bathroom putting on a little lip gloss. <laughs> and um, his manager was like, both Eric and Vernay Myers were downstairs. And in case I don't remember... Auntie Verne, <laughs> Auntie Verne was dropping yes. all the jewels in this episode <laughs> all of, of the one of the episodes of Bachelorette. So we are very excited. Yeah, we're so happy to be here. I love my nephew, so it's so nice to be able to do this with him. Love Yay, you, baby. We love your nephew, too. She's I my know. twin. She's my twin. She's my twin. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's like my kid. He looks so... He, I think it's our, our smiles. Yeah, smiles. And energy. <laughs> Can we... I mean, yeah. this is totally <clears throat> off book from all the questions that we have here but does everyone go to your house we have me and Robin had an argument <laughs> about this during the re- one of the recaps because Auntie Bernay, your, your place was late okay <laughs> and I was saying that that's probably where they always go because you know the auntie that has all the stuff everything's working right yeah but Robin was like but probably they went over there because she's the person that has all the stuff. Not necessarily she had them over there all the time. So. Well, we're lucky in uh, in our family that we move things around. So sometimes it's my place. A lot of time it's my sister's place. So, um, but yeah, this this seemed like a great place to have an episode of The Bachelorette. Historic for our family. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's, see, that's what I was thinking, too, because I was like, if I had all this nice stuff, everybody ain't coming over here all the time. So. <laughs> Only certain people I trust, like like that's my nephew. Right. Whenever he's in town, I'm like, it's the pad is yours, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think we should just, like, get the things that everyone wants to, us to talk about out the way. Okay. Um, so how you doing post-breakup? How's everything been? Everything's been great. How long has it been? Because I know the airtime versus when it actually happened. I got back from the show May 15th. So okay. Three months. Okay. And um, life has been engaging. 
เอาละปะดงปงจะปงชาปะดงชา It's been up down around and round it's been great things have been happening and I'm happy and I'm here with Slate and you're Check here with out. Slate yes and now yes. um, this beard that everyone has been talking about <laughs> they're calling it what the revenge beard I guess what you think so he has the beard I can't <laughs> he see he has the beard he has the beard okay. I, I do I, I'm I having a visual the beard. although I think a beard is kind of like how with women and wigs or sometimes men would say I feel like sometimes you don't really know what's under like you know I'm glad we got to see you without the beard and be like okay he is cute because sometimes a guy has a beard on and you don't necessarily know <laughs> wow <laughs> they're taking shots I better not go clean shaven again I like your clean shaven face Eric, I think you're cute. Oh, you're turning me on, really? Yeah, I think you're okay. really cute. Thank you. <laughs> um, she's that. been vying. She's like, okay, Rachel, yeah, go I ahead and, and pass her. You know, so <laughs> I feel like a lot of people felt like that. Do you think a lot of people, a lot of black women? Let's just get, let's just go oh. ahead. And get let's there. be real. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of black women felt what way? That you know that Rachel was a damn fool. <laughs> <laughs> to put well, I would. I don't think Rachel's a fool, but we had. I ha- think Rachel's a fool. If Rachel, if Rachel didn't want you, the brothers in general, then you know there are other women out there. Like, did you? I think one of the things that people kept saying was that she's like such one of a kind, you know. And I'm just wondering, like. Is that really the case? Like, did you, is she the first woman that you ever met that was beautiful, successful, you know, down as a black woman, but also like classy? Was that, was that the first woman like that you met? Oh, uh, no. I mean, I went to Hampton University. Shouts out to Hampton. Okay. Go Pirates. <laughs> yes. I just think for me, it was all about timing. Mm-hmm. And the time I met Rachel and she was available, I was available. She opened me up to new things because of the show and the platform. And she's an amazing person. So it just was timing. And she was the one for that moment. It was great. And my life changed. Well, what made you go on the show in the first place? Well, I think the question is, how did the show find me? Mm. Ah. I was thinking, how did I attract this opportunity? Mm. I had a friend who worked in production. She had a friend who was casting for ABC, The Bachelorette. Asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, absolutely. Went on an audition. They love me and they move me forward and now I'm here. So were you dating? I don't need these like, you know, I don't want the politician answers. <laughs> no, this is the Eric Bigger answers. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, like, so were you, so like, were you looking for someone at the time? Were you, like, had you heard of The Bachelorette? I was not looking. Okay. Um, I heard of The Bachelor, but not The Bachelorette. And it, like I said, again, I had to look at, open this door. Why did this door come to my door? Like, why did it come to me? Mm-hmm. I wasn't in a relationship. I never been in love, but let's see. Mm-hmm. I was curious, and I took advantage, and here we are. So it was, it was, it was great. I never thought about it. Oh, this is reality TV. I'm about to fall in love. It was more so why. And then I think what a lot of people don't know, I met Rachel in the gym prior to the show. Oh, but oh, yes, I saw her a week before. In my gym, training with another trainer. What? Yeah. Wow. So it was bigger than just the show. This was mm. bigger than me. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that could be fate, right? Because she's cute. She's in the gym. And then you're on the show with her. That's dope. I remember we were in L.A., remember? And we were sitting around having dinner. And you announced that you were going to try out for this. Right. And I was like, the what? You do what? <laughs> and he's like, you know, Auntie, I'm open to stuff, you yeah. know. And he, he is. He's like a very positive person. He's very open. And 
you know, he'd been doing his work anyway yeah. and um, keeping his heart open. So we were like, you know, he's the kind of guy where you're like, okay, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he made it. So we were like, then we were really rooting. You know, once it was on, it was mm. on. You know, we were really supportive of him. Yes, we were rooting for, for Eric, too, from the beginning. From the beginning. We from were the like, very beginning. Eric is saying all the right things. Yes. And really? All, all the, the right, right things. Yes. yes. Like, I called it from the beginning. So I was just so like, give me oh, your yeah. feedback from the beginning of the season <laughs> till the end. What was from your the beginning of the season. Like, I kind of thought that the, the pre-show, because I had never seen the show either. So Slate reached out for me to write a piece because I do reality television writing and research. And I was like, I guess, you know, if it's going to be a black woman on there, I guess, because I'm not particularly interested in whitewashed reality shows. So I was I was curious and I was like, is there are they really going to have black men on this show? So when I watched the pre-show, I was immediately enamored. I was like, oh, yeah, that that's the one. Eric, what's his last name? That's (laughs) and I yeah. So even in my first piece, I was like, Eric is the one. So I was rooting for you. Yeah, it it was like the two-step. It was just kind of like the, like, signals of blackness. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When you were invited to be on The Bachelorette, was your decision to do it based on um, the fact that it was a black woman, it was going to be a black bachelorette? Would um, Would you have considered it similarly if that was not the case? I didn't even know Rachel was going to be the one. Okay. When I got casted, she wasn't, they didn't decide who the person was going to be so i didn't even know it was rachel mm. i was just open. oh oh yeah okay were you surprised when you saw that it was a black woman no i wasn't surprised i was just like maybe for the viewers of the show mm-hmm, maybe they mm-hmm, were surprised mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i wasn't surprised so from the beginning you kind of like when i said every just everything you did was felt natural to me because i feel like in the beginning you were like Mm, I don't know about this. I don't know about the fact that she's like, I'm up against all these men. I don't like you seem to be act the way that I would. I would probably react if I was in a situation like dating this one woman with all these men. But you being in it, how do you remember that time? Do you remember like even you even said like, is it even weird that she's dismissing all the black men? Well, I think coming into it, it was more about, like I said, my why. I never thought about the other guys, mm. but I did want the truth from Rachel. Rachel, how do you feel about me? Yeah, I know how I feel about you. Yeah, right. And I wasn't getting that feedback emotionally, or just literally. She wasn't telling me, or she wasn't showing me, so I didn't know. I was just like, if you don't want me to be here, just tell me that. Mm. I think I was more impatient. Yeah, and curious. Yeah. Like, is this a real thing? Is it not? Because I don't need to be messing around. Like, what's up? I'm either white or black, no gray area. Yeah. And so as time moved forward, you know, she opened up and we had a great time. Uh, when it came to the black and the white guys, I just think, I always say this, it's easy to look at it from a racial like perspective, but I just think it's based on one's experience in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I say on her past season, she dated Nick. Yeah. And... She had some momentum with Nick, and she's never dated a white guy. Prior experience, she dated black men, and it didn't work. But that's the only thing you can p- compare it to. I don't think it's from a race. I think it's from a liking and a feeling and from what's working. Mm-hmm. So the old E doesn't work with the new E. Mm-hmm. So who I was the beginning of the show would not work at the end of the show. So basically what I'm saying is that I don't think it was her pick wasn't about color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But in hindsight, now that you, you know, you know what was happening in the moment, you've seen it on television. Do you feel like, I mean, because the, the, the show, ABC, if no one else, ABC definitely was trying to make it about 
race. <laughs> oh, they right? made it about like race. race was a super pl- um, like a plot. It was like it was a character. In, yeah, tune in <laughs> next week to see you know Lee attack the next black man, and you definitely, in the, at least in the beginning, were gonna be. I felt watching it gonna be the angry black man, and then all of a sudden it kind of shifted to Kenny. Well. <sighs> See, it's easy to engage in something that you can see coming. Mm-hmm. But for me, I had to put put the fire out. Mm-hmm. I think I was letting people get away with my kindness and them taking advantage mm-hmm. of me as a person. Like, I'm nice. And I just had to put the fire out and put it in its place. And I can't speak for everybody else. Yeah. For me, and I move forward. You know, I think with Kenny and other people, they dealt with it the way they did. And... But being in it, so you're saying when you were in it, you felt the fire, quote unquote. We're talking about, what are we talking about when we say Right, so what I'm saying is, I think for me, Mm -hmm. it's always been this way for me. Because I live in LA, by the way. Okay. So it's a diverse city. Yeah. Yes. I never came on the show as, this is a black and white thing. That was Mm -hmm. never my intentions. Mm -hmm. So when that... Those things happen. I just handled it like I would handle with anybody else, mm-hmm. whether they were white, whatever. I was still dealt with it the same way. I was so proud of him mm. to see him work through that because yeah. he is a very authentic person, and so he—that's how he came. And he didn't—he ex- didn't expect to meet people who were not authentic. Mm. You know, he goes in assuming that people are going to be real, and so I think once he realized what the game was and how it was going down. Then he did something that a lot of people don't do. He went internally. He went in instead of pushing out Mm, and making it everybody else's problem. And I think that's how he managed to take this opportunity and show his best self. I thought it was um, very generous. I think also what I learned about myself prior to the show, I was the people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I was the one using positivity to cover up my real feelings, my real emotions. And I wasn't real with myself. So I think the show was trying to force me to be that person mm-hmm. in that moment where I spoke to Lee and Iggy and that way was my turning point to become the person I am today. Because before yes. I, w- I would have been cool about it and mm-hmm. not say anything mm-hmm. and let it. And it's like, no, that's not right. Yeah. So that's what that was my turning point because I was calculated. I had to think about that. If you really watch. Usually, it would have been just Iggy and Lee, mm. but I brought everyone together. Yeah, yeah. I made it about okay. everybody, okay. so I didn't single no one out. Okay. So, everyone got the picture. And yeah. That's, that's what happened. Yeah, because there was yes. a lot of, like, side conversations, and then us, he said, she said. And so, what I'm hearing is, you were like, not today. <laughs> not me, not today. And then, it kind of shifted. You know, because automatically, I feel like it was one episode where it was clearly, I think we had come, uh, me and Robin had come back and was like, oh, here we go. You know, they're about to like pull out that angry black man trope. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. the next right. the next episode, it was like, no more. It, it was squashed. It was yeah. squashed. Well, yeah. it was squashed with Eric. Then with it, Eric. Had trans- it yeah. translated over to Kenny because I think that the thing to keep in mind is regardless, like I think you handled that beautifully, Eric. And Thank you. I just feel like it was produced in a way to make it make you look like an angry black man because it's not difficult to do that if you're a black man there are already these stereotypes around you that kind of police your emotions Mm -hmm. and the fact that you were authentic and emotional was framed in a way that could have been um, intended to make you look a particular way but I thought it was dope and now now that I think back on it um, the fact that you brought everybody together that was yeah that was boss business I like it (laughs) 
Now, what was the diversity um, like? So Re- Represent is a show about representation in the media. And so I'm curious what the representation was behind the camera, right? As far as the producers, as far as the off-camera, camera people, all those folks. What was the representation and what far as... Yeah, like were, were there, you know, were there people of color? Were there, you know, was it predominantly white? Like as far as the producers, the people that, you know, when you're about to do the little confessionals or <laughs> even the cameramen, right? Even the gaffers. Like that's, like the people that, you know, we never really hear about, talk about. What was that diversity like? It was mixed. Okay. You know, you had predominantly white producers. There were some black ones in mix as well. So there, it was diverse. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just one one way but it was diverse my actual my producer who worked with me the whole way was a black producer oh cool so it is like um you watch unreal okay <laughs> well there's a show there's a show called unreal that's based on the bachelor and that's kind of what they do where they have producers that work with individual contestants how do you guys call yourself we've been saying like con- contestants i don't know if yeah, that's contestants, the, contestants yeah. okay that work with individual contestants so it's like that yeah okay well for me it was i don't think every African-American had every, you know, uh, it was spread out. So they kind of knew you were going to keep going? I don't know. I, I know, know one thing. They loved him. Mm. They really loved him. When the crew came to my house and there were like, I don't know, 40 of them um, <laughs> by the time they finished the shooting. But the main producers, uh, they just kept saying, we love Eric. Mm. We love Eric. And um, I think that's because as a person of uh, authenticity, his relationships go beyond, you know, status, role. Actually, so the main, my main producer throughout the show uh, was Eddie. He was his first year on the show. Black guy, he's young. Okay, Shouts Eddie. Shout out what? to Eddie. Eddie Young. Okay. But the main producer who went went on after the final roles was Louis, and Louis was a white producer. Okay. So he was always there the moments. They were like powerful. Okay. My first moment on after the final rolls when I said it's a miracle season. Yeah. Uh when I had to when I had to tell Rachel I love her. Nothing else matters. And um just never felt that before. And so um I'm just here to say that um I'm in love with you. <laughs> Epic. Um, and when I challenged Rachel, he was the one. Like, mm. here we go. Wow. Yeah. You know you can't be fake, e. Mm. So he was the one, really, in those moments. But Eddie was there the whole way. Okay. So the great, great, great staff, great people, great producers. They actually, and the top producer, Elon, he challenged me. He said, "Let it hit you." I'm like, "What are you talking?" What about? does that mean? Love. He said, "Let it wow. hit you." He said, "If something's oh, wow. too good, that means it's good for you." Do not resist. Oh, wow. That's deep. Let's get into the um, the hometown. So you said on the show you never brought over a woman. Like Rachel was the first woman that you were bringing home. I find that so hard to believe. Well, what is your perspective based on what I, you know. You said you went to Hampton. Hampton? Right? Hampton? Mm -hmm. Hampton. I don't know. I just imagine, like, I don't know, the, you know, a different world and, like, you know, there's a bunch <laughs> of women there and, like, the day, like that's kind of what I think about. And if it's, and, you know, and I think, like, if if you were a black woman, I would believe that you would, you'd never brought someone home. Like, I've never brought anybody home, but it's because I've never had anybody. Black men have, like, this unending fountain of possibilities. And I just can't imagine that you didn't have women, like, 
can I come to your house? You want to come to my house? Can I, <laughs> you know? can I clarify that, please? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had women. <laughs> I just wasn't bringing them home. <laughs> I think more honestly in my family, the way I grew up, I, I stayed with my grandmother most of my childhood okay. until I went to college. I didn't have a home to really bring someone to to meet the family. Okay. What you mm-hmm. saw on TV was my mom and dad's side combined. Okay. It wasn't just... Uh, okay. So it wasn't uh, like I didn't have women or I didn't yeah, bring them yeah. home. I just... I didn't have didn't no bring, bring them, them to too. introduce them. Yeah, yeah. It was never that position or... That was never the, uh, you know... The time, so mm-hmm. that's what thing. Like you never bring a girl home. You never brought a girl home. That's great. You know, like <laughs> yeah, but it's different. Um. So, but Auntie, we loved you from the jump. We talked about it. I like tweeted at you. People were tweeting Thank at you, you Thank <laughs> from you so our feed and everything. Um. You were like one of the only people to actually hit race straight on and just been like, so girl, you the first black. Bachelorette, how do you feel about that? Tell right. me about that. Right. <laughs> I was like, What's yes, that like? <laughs> right? Come through. Yes. Yeah, I mean, from I, I approached it really on his behalf. Mm. I'm like, what kind of girl are you? Yeah. And including how do you feel about your racial identity? Like, are you identified or mm. not? Um, because I wanted to know, like, if this was a real chance for my nephew. So that's really where my motivation was coming from. But truth be told, you know, this is my work. I yes. do this work every day. You have a TED Talk. I oh, we found, I found your TED after. Talk. We found it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, the producers knew about it. From, they were like, they were already like, we're in love with your TED Talk and nice. you and the whole bit. And so they were not like, don't go there. They were more like, go wherever you want to go. And um, I had a lot in common with Rachel. Mm. Uh, we were both we we're both lawyers, you know. So my first question was to her. I was like, girl, you, law school, <laughs> you know, bar, like yeah. bachelorette. These things don't go together usually. Mm, um, right. And then I asked her, you know, so I talked to her for about 30 minutes. Wow. Um, but that and I had no idea how I was going to say what I said. It just came out the way that it did. And she was. Uh, she's she knew what she thought. You know, she mm-hmm. it's not like she's new to the concept or the idea. She comes from a very, you know, proud black family. Her father has broken a lot of uh, mm-hmm. barriers around race, um, and she's steeped in her culture. So it was that was a great conversation, and it was obviously the directors know what they do they're doing that they pick that piece of it yeah right. um but yeah i was just interested like how do you identify culturally yeah so there was no hesitation she just answered no, it right away and it flowed like, yeah that's what i thought i mean yeah. i I'm a, I'm a huge rachel fan yeah i liked her a lot yeah I, I feel like i mean you could not maybe you don't agree with her decisions yeah but you know how she how she got there First of all, who of us would be able to pull off that all those weeks with all those guys? Like, I was just like, oh, my God, how is I, she doing that? Yeah, and then I she's jumping off of stamina. bridges and getting in a helicopter. Most of us would be like, no, thank you, my hair, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I yeah. mean, she had a bit of, uh, she had, like, this authenticity to her, too. Yeah. And, I mean, she had guarded moments, but, I mean, a camera's following her. So I was pretty much impressed, and we hadn't seen the show by then, right? I was just meeting her for the first time. We don't, we haven't seen any of the episodes when wow. I when I meet her wow. you know right this I mean how was that for your family I mean, that we were going to talk about your mom and your dad and that moment on television where you were super vulnerable with them like I thought it was so powerful particularly to see you and your dad talk wasn't my brother awesome can I speak on that yeah yes please so that moment when my dad apologized mm-hmm. it threw was, me off I was that was huge I was I was yeah. like dad 
I had to catch myself because wow. so fast and I woke up like and then our relationship, our relationship prior was solid, but now it's just it's just different. I can't even explain it, but wow. it's I don't know. It's like everything that I wanted, he cleaned up with that apology on national TV. Mm-hmm. I don't even think wow. he knew what he was doing. Wow. I think he just was supposed to happen in that moment. But I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was much needed because, you know, it, it feels good to hear someone acknowledge the truth. And I was like, don't worry, we good. Mm-hmm. But thank yeah. you. Yeah. For anyone that's like, because a lot of our listeners actually don't watch the show, but they listen to our recaps. Can you talk <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about like what it was growing up with your parents? Well, my, like my parents were there physically, but emotionally they weren't there. So my dad was the provider, not mm-hmm. the guider. So he bought me sneakers. He bought me video games. He took me to my basketball game, took me to practice. But the quality time, I didn't really get intimate. I didn't get that with my dad. My mom, you know, she taught me mannerism. She fed me. She put clothes on my back. But we didn't have that one-on-one time, that nurtured. I didn't I didn't get that. I didn't mm-hmm. get that one-on-one mm-hmm. emotional support. Yeah. So, and that's what I always wanted. But I think mm-hmm. growing up in my family, we think if you give the physical or the material, that's how you show love. Or that's how they was brought up. Yeah. And and a lot of it, a lot of it too is just you know I could speak from my family because you know Sierra Leonean African family, <laughs> like you know I love you, I, I feed you, I love you, right? Yeah, I uh, I you know I'm taking powerful. care of you, like that's you know that's very much like I remember older I'm like what. You know, you watch TV, you see, you know, Full House and every episode ends with, I love you. We love you, too. Like, that was not my household. So I really resonated with that. Um, and, like, but the the powerful thing is being able to get to a point in which you can be vulnerable and talk about it and to say, like, this is what I need and break, like, that generational yeah. stuff. Yeah. You, know? you know, I mean, I also yeah. think that, I mean, let's just be frank. He has overcome a lot of the situations that many people succumb to. You know, um, living in a neighborhood that wasn't perfectly safe, you know, having a father who, uh, you know, had issues with the law, um, having very young parents, um, having, you know, divorced parents, like all of that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, and especially, and he talked about it in Baltimore, like they don't manage to overcome the statistical um you know, ends for for people in their group, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so he, a lot of times, and it's just like for me too, the way we survive is we leave. Yes. Right? So I left and went to, you know, college in New York and Barnard College, and then I went to Harvard Law School or whatever. And I only Not just... Not whatever. Let's take a moment. Yeah, okay. let's sit with that. Said. Let's sit with that for a minute, auntie. <laughs> Columbia <laughs> undergrad, <laughs> Harvard Law School, Listen. TED Talks, speaking right. all over the world. Right. right, like that's big time. That's huge. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That is thank huge. You. Congratulations. Thank you. Cheers thank to that. you. Mm-hmm. I am. I am grateful for this life. And um, I only came back to Baltimore about six years ago, oh. and I came back because I said, you know, there were people who poured into me, and it's time for me to pour back in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Eric had to also do that. He and and I talked we talked many days when he was 16 and 17 I'm like get out of here mm-hmm. you know and he did it and he um went to Hampton and he worked hard and he went to LA and he worked hard and this is so exciting for me to see oh. but what 
I think that means is that you leave some people behind, it feels like, right? And um, there are all these structural impediments to the family's success. Mm. And so what I was saying to to Eric and what I say to all my nieces and nephews is like, you guys are the next step. Like if our our lives are so, our struct, the structure of our family and our opportunities are so tenuous that if each generation doesn't do what they're supposed to do to all of the work that's happened prior to that generation can fall away very Mm -hmm. easily. And so just to watch him move and to progress and to do what a lot of men are not doing, I hate to say. Mm, (laughs) Or he did a lot of work on himself. Mm. We all, I'm not going to talk about men only. I feel like all of us as individuals. Everyone needs to be in therapy, honestly. Yes, I Seriously, <laughs> you yeah. come to me and you yeah. haven't been in therapy. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I All mean, right. there's definitely like economic barriers, barriers yes. to therapy right. and the healing from the trauma. So when my brother said what he said, I was just so wow. so amazed. My heart was like, oh my gosh, because for parents often say things like, well, you know, I did my best. Mm. Which is fine and true, but it yeah. still had negative, it can also still have yeah. negative repercussions. Yeah, and for right. them to say, hey, I did my best and I'm sorry you had to go through that, which yeah. is what my brother said. You shouldn't right. have had to. Yeah. And yeah. I'm proud of you. To me, that healing is yeah. just what we need to move on. Yeah, that was strong. And I think also what I realized over the years with my mom and dad, they have a past and you, I think people listening should get your family history. Oh, yeah. Ask your yes. mom and dad, what did they go through? Mm-hmm. Try to understand their life. Mom, you were 21 when you had me. I mm-hmm. thought 21 at 10 years old was, was old. old. Yeah, now you yeah. yeah. My dad was 26. Wow. So seek to understand and to be understood and realize that they did do the best they could with what they had in that moment. But don't hold that against anyone because everyone is forgiven. But I just think... You have to get to the root of everyone's actions and beliefs and based on what happened in your life. For me, I was just so curious. I was like, no, mom, why? Mm-hmm. Why? And then mm-hmm. the more we spoke, we had to come. I said, I get it now. Right. Well, and I said, yeah. mom, you're the real MVP. Well, because yeah. you were holding wow. on. No yeah. matter. Yeah. I didn't get what I was supposed to get, but you had me. Yes. I was a premature. Oh, wow. I was part of a, a set of twins and my twin didn't make it. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on in that moment that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. As well as with my dad. Mm. Can I ask what um, what your source of inspiration is? Life, life, and just in, inside of me, I always knew something greater than just the city I grew up in. Just playing basketball, just having money, and I realized that I study, I read, I do work on myself. And I feel like anyone can live their best life ever if they're willing to do the work. Mm. And the work is not always easy. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Jesus, but okay. <laughs> well, well, I mean, God, no. yeah, God is great. No, God is great. I pray, Look, there's something I just got a vibe just now. And I was yeah. like, I wonder. No. If I Are y'all you, having church? I'm yeah. probably here by myself. <laughs> I'm very spiritual, by the way. I'm very yes. spiritual. I yeah. pray a lot. Mm. Actually, I pray for before all my interviews. I pray a mm-hmm. lot, and so oh, and I meditate. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. said, I, I do my work. The hardest yeah. work you ever do is on yourself. Amen. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, because yes. you don't get things in life because what you do. You get things in life because who you are. 
So that's what's happening with all of us. Like there's a purpose. Like I, yeah, I believe, yeah, it's like a big purpose. Yeah, nothing happens by accident. So if, if I'm here and doing something, it's for a reason. Like the, everything is like a ripple effect. So like nothing happens on accident. And even right now, I didn't even know the premise of Slate. I didn't know it was uh, black black females. Oh wait, on sorry, no, this is this is just us. No. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, this you have my slate. Yeah. you have my anger. Yeah. Who's, no, like legit, like, like I, wow. I didn't know if you can see the like. Literally, we were going to talk about you before you got here. So she yeah. needs to get yeah. her own I show. I was already in the notes. <laughs> she does need her own show. Need her own show. Do. Hey, I would. I, you know, I would love to have my own show. One of the things that I noticed, and it goes back to what he just said, is we're finding fault with everybody often than looking within ourselves. That's the hard place. That's the beginning of the work. That's the only person you have any control over. Mm. And when I look at it on a personal level, when I look at it on what's happening in our society, when I'm looking at the things that are keeping us from understanding each other and working together instead of working at odds, yeah. this is the thing that I speak to all the time. But can I challenge yeah. you on the idea? Like, So, like for instance, when you're in on a reality television show that has been on for several series, like a decade long time, 30, right? Th- yeah, Some, seasons, yeah. I was like, wow, because I had this is literally my first season watching the, <laughs> idea, the idea that you can control your. I mean, you can control what you do, but there are like this whole like institution that kind of shapes the narrative that they want to shape. You yes, know? yes. And so I mean, to me, the the reason why I mean, there obviously there are things that people are going to edit and they're going to create, but you see, his authenticity came through no matter what mm-hmm. the idea was, and right. this is a living reality is a living situation. So the directors are also taking their cue. They yeah. are also humans. Yeah. They are also susceptible to the energy and wanting to do things. What you can actually influence people, even when you're not in authority, mm. based on how you carry yourself what your expectations are how you present you know the kind of love you show that can shift anything at any moment so i agree that you're not we're not in control of every lever but if you have a clarity about who you are and Mm -hmm. what your purpose is and how you want to show up in the world that's all you can do the rest you gotta let it go yeah yeah, you know, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how I yes. felt yeah. the whole season. Yeah, I know who I am. I know mm. what I came to do. The rest is what you see. Can I say one other thing that I loved on the show when he said I was when he said I love you. Like, first of all, it took you forever, and I was <laughs> just like, okay, you can do it. I seriously, I was at home. I was like, you can do it, baby. You can say the words. <laughs> if there are only three of them. And when you came out, I just started dancing. Yeah. Because how courageous it was for you to go there on national television for the first time. You knew what the situation was. You knew you had people who were her, you know, were pursuing her that she was. And you still decided that it was okay for you Mm -hmm. to fall in love no matter what the outcome was. And I was like, that's my man right there. That's some courage. And a lot of people don't have that. And what happened in that moment, I think a lot of people don't know because they're not me. I literally felt something leave my spirit. Like it was mm-hmm. a stronghold. And like when I said oh, it, wow. I was like, wow. Probably for that. I talked to the, there's a psych doctor which you talked to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I asked him, why do you think when I say I love you, I have to give extra explanations or I care about you? She's like, yeah. Because you're afraid of rejection. Yeah. You're afraid that no one's going to say anything in return. So you keep talking. And I'm like, but she said, with women, you gotta, if they want to know, they'll ask a question. So I was like, oh. 
And then I said it, and I was like, I love you. And I was like, and I felt like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah, I did it. It was like, wow, this just happened. So basically what you're saying is that Rachel made you a better person for the next girl. Thank God. Yes. And thank God. I think the Holy Spirit made me a better person for life. Yeah. Get the girl out of life. I have a different perspective on the world now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, people always... You've never been heartbroken. It hurts. It, 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 yeah. it, that's what we, we were people put that. love yeah. in a box. Are you yeah. devastated? And I learned is that love and relationship is different for everybody. Yeah, everyone projects their based on their experiences. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah. I was, was definitely powerful. projecting. So like, so when so when Auntie Brene was just saying it took you a long time to say I love you, I was I was watching TV like they they don't they ain't know her long enough to love her right like you are you sure you love her? Are you just saying it to win yeah. the show? Is this like can that is it possible because there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on Rachel to have to say it there was pressure on the contestants and particularly the last three right four the last four even to say it mm-hmm. because if you didn't say it then you know you, you may not on. get to move but, forward but, oh let's let's but, let's, uh, let's talk about that then, yeah why is it pressure on the last four what if you don't feel that way then I feel like they put you in a box. So if you don't say you love her, then how can you propose to her? Yeah. Then yeah, it's not fair see, to the that, contestant, you right? And that's what happened with old boy, right? Yeah. So Pete, poor Peter. Because I was like, <laughs> Peter, after you left, Eric, because I was faithful to you. But as soon as you were I gone, I was you. like, okay, Peter, yes, I still love you. I'm, it was all about you. And then I was like, okay, Peter. Well, we're move but on. he got dissed because he was like, I, he wasn't ready to say that because he didn't know, because it meant a particular thing for him too. So I think it's a very similar, perhaps... Similar to what you're saying, but you were able to release it and he was afraid to for whatever reason. And he was penalized for it, unfortunately. Well, you know, me and Robin and I disagree on this, but I kind of look at it like an ultimatum, you know? Or like if you, if you if someone calls you a bluff, then you're either going to like renege on what you said or you're going to um, leave. You're going to give them the consequences. And I feel like Rachel was telling him, like, either you're going to propose to me or we're not going to be together. I don't want a boyfriend but at you, the end of this process. But, you, but I, I don't want no raggedy fake ring. Like, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Like, mm. if right. you didn't want to get married. Because let's be real. Um, Nick Vial and his girl just broke up. Yes. I so, heard, I you know, so that. like we were saying, winning, <laughs> winning on this show does not guarantee you happily ever after. So I think that that he was being genuine and true to himself. And it just felt more. I don't know. I, I really, I really with that sorry auntie i didn't know how else to say that in the moment it's okay and and if anyone doesn't remember nick vial was the last bachelor so he was the one that um um turned rachel away before she became right he was on the yeah the the uh, the the season of the bachelor that rachel i can't believe i know a name called nick vial like literally is blowing my mind i'm into this show well robin here's (laughs) here's my point like like okay first of all rachel's really smart yes yes she knows that Okay, maybe it's they're not gonna make it to the, you know, the altar. through the church. Yeah, right. But you can't tell me you love me, and you want to be with me. Like I, and also like Eric said, she was shaped by her past experience. Yes, so Absolutely. she had someone Absolutely. who couldn't pull the trigger. Right, yes. and she was triggered by Peter, who seemed he couldn't pull the trigger. Doing, yeah, he was right. Yeah, yeah. I think she I think missed all out. Of us were triggered by Peter, right. though. Real talk, <laughs> right? A lot right. of women were like, oh. "Here we, we yeah. here we go again." We've seen this <laughs> yes. before. Um, we felt that, yeah. But truth be told, people can fall in love in one moment. 
I mean, almost all of us know that you can fall in love with somebody without a lot of time. Now, whether you're going to marry them is another thing, but there are plenty of people who have married within, you know, three or six months of knowing each other and well, are, are still together. Peter's, Peter's parents? Right. Yeah, right? Peter's so, parents. Yeah. But his mom was like, he's not going to say that. I was like, oh. There's an issue here. Yeah. There's an issue here. But, I mean, I also loved him. I thought he was adorable. And I also thought he was was speaking his truth. It just wasn't working for her. And I think she got to make that choice. I mean, that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Like, I I was proud that she got to choose. But it just felt like in that moment she was begging to be chose. And it really frustrated me that a show that started – with a black woman who was going to be chosen finally, you was going to be the center of attention. At the end, she was still begging to be ch- to get chose, and that that did things to me. Um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but yeah, but I think I mean I think I think that the ending was what it was. It wasn't the black love story I wanted it to be, and it isn't even so much that I have that there's any shade to interracial love. I think that's great. I don't think we should ever consider it. Um, Colorblind. I don't think love is blind or colorblind. It's it's not blind or colorblind. And the show was trying to push that. And I had a problem with that particular representation. But I'm all about black women winning and getting Mm. love like get that. But I, I there was just something about the possibility of a black love story of a black woman and a black man falling in love on a show Mm. that did not intend to represent them at all. That I thought would have been remarkable. And I was disappointed. Were you Were you feeling that, Eric? Did you feel that pressure, Eric? That, no. That, that there was the black love story was on your back? <laughs> I felt like the only pressure you feel is the pressure you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. So when I come yeah. out of my house every day, it's more that I'm a human being before I'm a black man. Does things happen that we have our differences? Yes, but I don't put myself in that uh, vibration or that intention state of, okay, I'm black, so this is going to happen. I look at it from a general perspective. Did it come up subconsciously? Yes, but that wasn't my priority when I was on the show. And I think that was the thing that Rachel said when I spoke to her about what is it like to be the first black bachelorette? She's like, yeah, you know, I'm not I mean, I hear you, Robin, but that's not her job. Right. Mm-hmm. To right. Like, create the, the fairy tale of the loving black couple. And in some ways, what that's about is the structure in media right now that there are not enough stories. Mm-hmm. There are not mm-hmm. enough people of color in positions of being like, you know, the protagonist. There are not enough right. uh, narratives that are about black love. I mean, although we have made some progress, there's some, there's some good yeah. stuff coming out, yeah, you know, right. Right. Queen Sugar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Queen Hollywood. Sugar. Yeah. Oh my yes. gosh. So, yes. <laughs> so, you know, really what we're saying is we're not seeing enough of what is beautiful and true about yeah. black love on TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so we hunger yes. for that. So we thirst and sometimes for that, yes. we, I think erroneously put that burden on an individual and I think what I really liked about Rachel is that she was like look I am one girl mm-hmm. trying to find a love mm-hmm. I can't yeah. take the whole burden of you know 400 years of oppression for black people and then you know issues of like bias and stereotyping in the media like I can't and the fact that I'm the first and that was the first thing you're like you're the first because I didn't even know about the bachelorette but I was like <laughs> dang what year are we in yeah. 2017 right. that's scandalous in itself yeah. so yes. you know Although, let's not forget I love New York Tiffany Pollard we have to always give her yes amen <laughs> I mean that's I guess true. I mean 
mean, I yes. I mean, I ain't even <laughs> watch it, but I know. But I so so that's why I'm like, no, yeah. We've got to stop doing. I feel like I want to stop doing that to other individuals and really pay attention. What this show is doing, the structure and the systemic issues that make us long for these things that are not realistic for an individual. Mm. So I'm I'm sitting across from you, Eric. I just want to know: Are you going to be the next Bachelor? No. Hmm. Why? See why? Why you? Why you not no longer looking <laughs> me in my eyes, Eric? What's I'm that? trying to take oh. it in, <laughs> okay. give you the eye contact that you deserve, oh, okay. and ask the question with some authority and some conviction. Oh, okay. Because I, I established the eye contact. I'm here. I'm missing right. out on all I the good stuff. Yeah. I feel you. I'm with you. Okay, here we go. Moment. Here we go. I'm open to it. I'm open ah, to it. Okay. Because you're open for love, right? Absolutely. Are you also, awesome. Do you also have a Tinder profile? Like we, People want to... I'm asking for a <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> you're not on Tinder? No, baby. That's interesting. Oh, what's the, what's the one for celebrities? The other one. There's I'm a celebrity. Not I'm on not it. on it, baby. Okay. So you're basically, you're not dating until you become a, the next Bachelor. So oh, just, really? You're putting that in my life? You're going <laughs> to speak that into my life? Yes. That is the only thing that would probably get me to watch again. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just focus on life and business. Okay. You have Dude, the... Cap trap. The, thank you. Yeah. The cap trap. Yeah. Which sounds like... A, something that has to do with vagina. This is whoa. Cat trap isn't that? Does cap, it? Cap trap isn't that? V. Well, <laughs> does it? So listen, check it out. <laughs> so the cap trap is about having a bunch of ideas inside your head. That's that's oh. in the cap that traps your ideas. Oh. You put your words and thoughts on the shirt. It's miracle season was a thought. It became a thing. It's All I saw was hands go out in the engineer room. <laughs> They're like, no, <laughs> has nothing to do with she vagina. Said the V word. <laughs> Did you but, just uh, say vagina? Okay. Yeah, where's your mind right now? Where's it, right? Was it the energy oh I God. gave you? It was the energy. It was the energy. <laughs> oh, amen to that. I am really missing out being down here. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm just focused on life and business. If, and it um, says it's miracle season. Yes. Okay. I want one of those shirts. I don't understand why your auntie does not have a it's a miracle season shirt. We got a shirt. Can we take you. care of that? Wait, Thank you. Do you have a shirt for me? You got, got you. you got me? You got me? Oh, got okay. You. What about me? Hey, I baby, I got you. Send the address. We're going to send the shirt. It's okay. All right. Don't forget, <laughs> E, like, real talk. So, my final question. Do you have anything else to ask Robin before I ask this? I'm over here swooning. I don't, I have nothing. <laughs> so, my final question um, yes. is, since you have, we've been talking about The Bachelorette for the first time, the whole season, do you have any um, gossip? About any other contestants, anything <laughs> give a little, you know, Easter egg to our listeners. Listen, where I come from, we don't whistle blow. <laughs> we don't whistle blow, baby. We keep it in house, baby. We don't whistle blow. Shouts out to all the guys. You know, what up? Uh, Josiah, Ephany, Brian. I loved Josiah AG. for a second, but he was a little too cocky for me after a while. But he had the, you know, the scriptures. He was like quote with Bible scriptures. I like that. I'm going to get on the phone right now oh, I'll get on the phone six for six now. <laughs> don't play with it <laughs> uh, so uh, it's been such a pleasure having you both here thank you so very much yeah. can we so get our handles pleasure. in Facebook and Instagram Eric Bigger Twitter underscore Eric underscore Bigger but more importantly I need Vernay. So my name looks like it's Verna, but it's actually Vernay. But don't worry about it because <laughs> my Twitter handle is at 
Vernay Myers. And Andy, can you talk about your book? That you, your books that you have. She has. She, she has to sign off. I have several. I have two books. I'm writing a third book. Yes. What's the two books? Diversity and inclusion. Yeah, yes. I do a lot of work on diversity and inclusion. Maybe you'll post them for me. Absolutely. All right, I'll perfect. put them all on the show page. Perfect. They're on Amazon. If you just go for Nay Myers. And we've we've actually included your tech talk in one of our awesome. episodes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, we've been we've been we're huge up. fans. Like I'm being composed right now. And I teach communication and diversity. And she has a new tech talk coming up in like a year it was about balance and alignment we talked about this three days he ago we speak it to the universe yes. then she's gonna prepare me for my TED talk yes. and then okay. we're gonna write books together cause <laughs> yes. I have a lot of books in me Yes, they gotta Put come it out. out speak it speak it <laughs> Put it on out <laughs> it's miracle season yes. it is I love you ladies you oh, are thank you for such a sweet re- reception and we really of course, appreciate it of course thank you. anytime like legit like you ever in New York like hit me up like, and if you're drinks. ever in Tuscaloosa <laughs> hey baby Hey, hey, baby. I don't usually hey. frequent that area, but I'm going to keep it in <laughs> you mind. You know, you never know. I'm from North Carolina. I'm in North Carolina sometimes. <laughs> Hit me up. Awesome. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this epilogue episode. We definitely have. And maybe this is our last one. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, Josiah will be there. Okay. Josiah will be here next time. Josiah. Look out for regular episodes of Represent in the feed this Friday. Represent is produced by me <laughs> thank you to my dope co-host for the series robin boylan aisha harris as y'all know is our esteemed host and our amazing social media assistant is marissa martinelli i will personally be sharing this episode with everyone that has already reached out to us by email um thank you we love the love please keep them coming our email address is represent at slate.com and you know till next time peace out y'all peace, peace. Bye. bye bye-bye